0: All right. On this episode, we're talking about vetting your SEO vendor. We'll get into things like workflow, KPIs, reporting, um, what should be included in your package? What are good rates or how does this industry come up with rates? Um, philosophy. So is, is it more technical or do they do more creative work? And just overall, like what are expectations that you should be, uh, what are things that you should hold your SEO vendor accountable to? Anything else that we touch on, Reed? No, I, I think you mentioned cost model.
1: You know, that's my favorite. So
0: Cost model is the worst for, uh, for SEO. <laughs> we also drop some nuggets once in a while about different tools um, that even if you don't know what they do, you can uh, say during your vendor vetting sessions just to scare them. What's screaming frog? Oh crap! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they know what they're talking about. All right, so listen on. Yeah.
1: Good everybody. Welcome one, welcome all. We're the Digital Dudes. I'm Reed. I'm David. And we are here to cover tough topics, points of friction, what's trending in apartment marketing. Uh, what this isn't is a plug or some sort of product push uh, for our services, um, our company in any way. Really, we just want to share our experiences, be, re- be a resource for you guys. So uh, today we're going to follow up on um, our SEO budgeting, um, kind of a formula now that we've got going on as far as uh, offering up secondarily how to vet an agency. So first thing, well, it's not necessarily the first thing, but getting a handle on your budgets. Um, and then you, you may be looking at some different vendors to see who you think uh, is going to execute best. So. Uh, With that being said, there's a lot of different directions you can go on SEO. It is one of the cloudier, uh, call it platforms or aspects of digital marketing. So, um, you know, what we're going to try and do here is help frame things and, uh, you know, make it a little bit more of a point and shoot process for you. Um, So, David, uh, you know, like I said, there's a lot of different places we can start. Um, How would you begin the conversation?
0: Well, you think SEO has any friction?
1: (laughs) Just a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we talked in the other episode about like why SEO and, and how it differs a little bit in apartments and other industries In this industry I'll, I'll take more of like um, I guess the negative stance and just say that SEO and apartments has been more like a tax on your website and I really mean that. I just, it's like, it seems like everyone's like, oh, I got to get a website. So I'll get it from whatever industry provider. And then they're like, great, you need SEO, don't you? And you're like, totally. I don't understand what that means, but I, I for sure have to have it. Uh, and then they're basically just taxing you each month. And to even be a little bit harsher of it, it seems like SEO in this industry has been more like you'll pay us. We won't do anything unless you tell us to. And frankly, we'll depend on the fact that you don't know what to tell us what to do. And, uh, If you don't buy SEO and you ask for something as simple as placing like a a Google Tag Manager tag or some sort of call tracking on the website because you have a paid search vendor you want to work with, we won't do it because we're going to call that, in air quotes, SEO. And it's like, (laughs) oh, really? Placing a a tag as SEO? That seems to me more like what a traditional website provider should do is like handle that for you. So with those gripes out of the way... um, yeah, I would. Uh, first off, I would get your pitch from your website vendor. So if you're whoever built your website, just say like, hey, uh, do you guys offer SEO services? Well, we sure do. Sweet. Can you tell me about those? So not that different than what how we talked about the ILS is, but I would ask them to just give you the fresh pitch. Like, what does that really mean? What are you guys going to do for SEO? And so do they do uh, citations services or listing services? Probably not. That's not typical in this industry. Do you guys do on-site work? So, like, will you rewrite my website copy to be more uh, efficient and, and hit the right kind of keywords? No? That's also not typical in this industry. Okay, cool. Well, will you do any off-site work? and um, android phones ah, um, look at that <laughs> no one called me <laughs> i just thought i said well. <laughs> <laughs> anytime i say okay cool it thinks i say okay google um any any off-site work so what's that mean well that would be like as if they w- wrote your wikipedia listing or did something on squid or got some sort of like blog post put somewhere like there that's not typical in this industry for seo so don't expect that so when you start killing these things off it's like well what the heck do you really do it's like well we do the technical seo work okay what do you mean well we fix your meta description, meta, meta titles, cool story. How long does that take? They don't want to tell you that it's going to take them like one month. They can get all that done. And so then why am I, why do you keep paying them each month for SEO if that's all they're going to do? And now they just sort of like wait to collect their dollars and hope that you ask, ask to place like an ad tag or something.
1: Totally. Um, Most of the SEO offerings in the industry are very cookie cutter. And there's something to be said for at least having peace of mind to know that, you know, the site architecture, your meta meta data is optimized properly. Um, But everything David talked about is really, I'd call it the true SEO. Um, There's so much more that's available. And um, really, to you guys, uh, the question becomes quickly, like, how much can I defend this? How much can I pursue it? And and then ultimately quantify it. Um, But getting back to some of those uh, things that he talked about, for me, I'd start the conversation uh, and somewhat in the same vein with like my current website vendor, but just about anybody, I always ask the question about philosophy. So I think open-ended questions are a great approach when it comes to this stuff um, because it's much easier to navigate if, you know, it's like, well, talk to me about backlinks and they may or may not have an answer for that. Um, But just opening things up with how do you guys think about SEO? And that quickly will tell you whether you're talking to me, uh, to an expert, somebody that really has an opinion, um, is living and breathing it. David always talks about um, making things your craft. That's uh, something that we look for from, from our folks, but we also uh, gravitate towards them. And if they they can't really talk in terms, um, I'll say a little bit more cerebral, um, to me that's a flag personally. And then the next thing though that is way less cerebral but also is going to be a demonstration of how much they really know what the heck they're talking about is to tell them, tell, ask them to deconstruct uh, their SEO with you, and then give themselves a grade in those different segments. And so David talked about technical. You know, there's content, there's offsite, there's social, there's citations. They should be able to pretty easily lay that out for you. And then it'd be interesting to hear how they, uh, yeah, the kind of self evaluation.
0: Yeah, I I would I like the philosophy. I think I'll, with that you can kind of get at some of the the underlying questions. I would want to know for apartments. So like. Do you guys treat every website the same? Do you treat every asset the same? Is every market the same? Like if it's that cookie cutter, then I don't I don't believe that's the provider you want to work with. Because totally. you'll you want someone that thinks more People need to treat apartments not like, hey, this is like an e-commerce store or something where we're going up against the ILSs and trying to outrank them, but more about like, how can I own this hyper-local market? So they need to think about it like it's a, like it's a, a brick-and-mortar mom-and-pop local business and not something else. And in which case, you need to really be hitting the hyper-local side of things, which then I would be asking the SEO vendor after they give you um, their philosophy is like, okay, great. Well, how do you guys go about your, your prep, your research? And there, it's probably going to be crickets, and their stomachs probably going to drop because it's like, oh shoot, we don't really research anything, right? And for me, the, the research doesn't—you don't need to be a local vendor to do good research. Just to do some like scoping of the area, using things like Instagram to see like what the what the neighborhood feels like, running some easy like local. Um, seo type audits uh, run audits on the competitors and build that sort of competitor matrix that we've mentioned before where it's like okay what does your competitor talk about what don't they talk about and then let's handle that so a lot of folks in this industry will be like oh our competitors running this ad and our competitors spending here and our competitor writes about their pool so we need to do all that stuff too i actually would go the other way so what is your vendor not talking about and let's put our focus there
1: yeah, I think that's a great one. I love that you brought that up. Um, moving past more, I guess, the open-ended and kind of the start of this uh, and working our way through this, I think the next question has to be KPIs and kind of the weighting behind those. So it's like, all right, now that we're uh, a little bit further down the road here and we are talking about organic you know, rank or backlinks or pages index, meta, website, click-through rate, um, you know, listing accuracy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, talk to me about how you guys do weight that. Do you have any kind of secret sauce, let's just say, um, and what's really behind that? So is that driven by case studies? Um, is, what kind of data is fueling the way that you guys approach it? Um, and again, that quickly will flesh out, and probably like David asking the question about research, you'll get crickets, but you might also be pleasantly surprised. Um, but that, that will tell you a lot, whether they're really regularly doing tests um, with clients, with their own um, you know, campaigns, et cetera, just to figure out, what the sweet spot is. Um, particularly for apartment industry, which is going to look very different than what you'll see with other categories.
0: Yeah, I the KPIs are paramount to me. I wrap that into reporting. So a lot of the vendors in this space, I don't see give SEO reporting, or when they do, it's just website sessions. And it's up and to the right. Well, why is it up and to the right? When you bought the website, nobody went to the website. And then uh, when they did their SEO work, I'm doing air quotes again, um, you guys weren't running other advertising. But as we've talked about many times, once you start running I less and paid search and paid social these folks will often see your ad but then google you and come in organically so why give your seo vendor all the credit because someone because you're running paid facebook advertising and now someone googled you to go to the website does not make sense so ask them about what kind of reporting you can expect in other industries it's typically like hey what keywords have, you know, through the research process have we identified. Now we're gonna track how you're ranking for those 10 keywords or those 20 keywords. And then they will start building content and off-site links and things like that around that those keywords. This industry that's hard uh, because you don't want to say like, well, my keywords one bedroom apartments, right? That's too broad, um, and you need to think more about the clusters of keywords. So, like, think about like the one bedroom apartments ad group and adwords or something, and think about it more like that. Like, are we getting more traffic for one bedrooms? Okay, great, we're doing a good job, or not? Um, but ask them about those reporting, that reporting, and that will help you get to like what kind of tools they use, and almost a little bit back to philosophy. So, like. As Reed was hitting with philosophy, I would be trying to identify, is this someone that's super technical? So they just think of themselves as a technical SEO person, or is this someone that's more of a creative SEO type, uh, more of a strategist? It's not, it's not necessarily one way is better than the other, but the creative person's going to say like, hey um, we should make this update to your UX or UI on the website. Cause it's going to cause more conversions or people to be stickier on the website, or they're going to talk a little bit more about like, you should phrase this word differently, this, this, uh, copy differently on the website. Cause it may get people to convert better. First, the technical person's going to be all like robotic about like, you know, Hey, um, SEM rush said you got this score, so let's fix that. And well, I guess I'm going to take a little bit of a stance. I think you need more of the creative type and less of the technical robotic person when it comes to apartment SEO.
1: Totally agree. And, um, also on the, the keyword strategy, that's a great question to ask. Uh, it comes up way more in paid search. Like what do you what position do you guys take when it comes to brand versus non-brand? But same question applies when it comes to SEO and short tail, long tail. So that's that's a good one to hear wh- how they respond to that. Uh, the keyword rank um, can c- kind of take you down the wrong path quickly, especially as David was saying with these super competitive terms. So um, don't be fooled, I guess, by somebody saying, hey, six months in we improve your keyword rank 20% and you went from 120 22 to you know 112 like that just doesn't <laughs> matter um so so be on the lookout for that i think another really important question to ask it gets back still to kind of the case studies and david's talking about you know those sessions always up and to the right and it's because you're r- running like a boosted cam- uh, campaign on facebook is the conversion rate on your paid media uh, not enough seo agencies pay attention um, to the paid media metrics and uh, you know we say not a shameless plug so apologies if this comes off as one, but this is something that we're really focused on um, because we think it's important. So whether it is a conversation you're having with us or somebody else, you should be asking, are you focused on the relationship? What have you noticed uh, as it relates to a good SEO sound strategy and paid media campaigns?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a great point. Um, And you would want an SEO vendor to be intimately involved in your total media strategy so it's like what else are you running what can i expect oh great you're running a i'll stick on the facebook you're running a facebook campaign you're sending everybody to the floor plan page i need to focus on that right now and make sure that everything's sealed up there so that when they get to that page it's stickier like um so if they do write content or if they will help you make tweaks to buttons or whatever that it's easily accessible um and that there's no like glitches or like for me SEO should also inv- involve like site load time. So if you are sending them to the floor plan page and it takes 8 seconds to load, it's like well none of that Facebook pra- traffic sticking around, right? Cuz they're coming from a mobile phone so their connection's slower so it might take 16 seconds to load. So they better get in there and optimize that you know what they can. I know there's a lot of iframes so there'll be some gripes about that, but if that's the case and they can't fix the load time, then they should be part of the conversation saying you should not be sending people to the to the floor plan page. Let's send them to the gallery page or something instead. Um but I would ask them too, like what are what's kind of the added value I get for using you? So like what tools are you guys on? Are you using Screaming Frog, SEM Rush, Moz, Raven Tools, like any of these tools that at you as a marketer or as a property manager would cost you a couple hundred bucks per license if they're already if they already have licenses to four or five tools well guess what that should be some of the added value. It's like okay will you run a screaming frog report for me or ahs great now i don't have to pay for that and we can see how i'm how i'm ranking that gives you an insight into their psyche too and then next up uh, sort of goes hand in hand to them with it to me is like, what kind of continual monitoring are you doing? So we talked about reporting, but are you guys setting up flags to notify me if the website goes down so I can go blow up my vendor? Or are you guys uh, monitoring like if something goes haywire and the Panda update or whatever, like slaps me and we're going to do something about it? Or am I going to have to be bringing that to you because my paid search vendor starts complaining about how things are are not working out? Um, So that would be a, a conversation I'd have right up front to know what expectations are.
1: Yeah, I and I was going to hit technology if you didn't, so glad you brought it up. Not much to expand there other than I would also be curious to know why they're using Screaming Frog versus Moz versus SEM Rush, Aref, et cetera. There's a bunch out there, and that's just one more tactic to find out whether you're talking to somebody that really knows knows the business because they'll have an opinion there. Um, everybody has different tools within uh, those uh, technologies that they use, but they should be investing on your behalf. That's uh, They're not going to be able to do it by themselves. So great, great yeah, point.
0: Yeah, just use it as an excuse to also ask them why. Like a lot of times, like when, you, when you're when you an SEO person, you pick a tool at the beginning and then you sort of get into a flow and now you've been using it for two years. And we'll pick on Moz a bit. Reid and I are huge fan, uh, fans of Rand Fishkin's book, Lost and Founder. And he talks about how like at the beginning they were they were an awesome tool, then they kind of like fell apart a little bit and they were not like keeping up with the times and other folks are beating them out. And only now they're turning it back around. So you don't want someone that gets complacent and is just using the same tool always because, um, but the, if, if you have a real strategist, they'll have a, a reason why they use that tool. And typically they won't use just one tool because no, None of the SEO tools I've seen are sort of all-encompassing, particularly for hyper-local campaigns. You kind of have all these scalpels, and you have to unfortunately subscribe to all these tools and use them, which makes it super labor-intensive. Um, but, yeah, just get an idea of why, they're, why they've are why they chosen those tools.
1: Yeah, so the, the next step for me, I think we're moving pretty nicely down down the line here, um, unless you had some that you wanted to push in between. Uh, the cost model so this is always one of my favorite favorite topics but um, talk to me about your pricing explain your pricing to me uh, and this isn't an easy one, so I don't want to act like it is for any agency, um, because you won't always have the same amount of work from one month to the next, which is part of what complicates it. And if you're dealing with, um, you know, a, a really rough SEO profile, um, you should expect a lot more work up front, but a lot of times you'll see pricing that's just conveniently amortized over the course of the year. In my opinion, this industry, just in general, not with SEO, um, has a bad habit of falling into, you know, flat rate, like, 200 bucks or 500 bucks and and they just don't and part of it is is the time part of it's the knowledge um you know the effort to really like kind of push push um on the different cost models we're more custom david and i coming from the outside into getting into the depths of those conversations um and that's part of how you you win and keep business um but in this this industry i don't think that that's really happened in a couple of uh you know kind of key platforms and seo is David, I don't know uh, if you want to kind of pick up the baton from here, but just your thoughts on SEO cost models right now in the industry and what they should be looking for.
0: Yeah, they're terrible. We talked about this a little bit in the SEO podcast, but, um, you know, at large, but this industry has very much packaged SEO and just hopes that it's a small enough line item that nobody pays attention to it and that they won't cancel it, um, really like it seems to me that if you just like some of the other things we've talked about if you're really on top of your seo vendor if you ask them for something they will do it but that requires you to be sort of the maestro where you're like okay i've got 50 websites i've got all of them on this one vendor and i'm only paying 200 bucks a month to get this done they won't do anything if i don't tell them to but if i give them a task list they'll do it all well who's got time to be the maestro there and try to squeeze the extra value out of that 200 bucks Or should you go to like some vendor that might charge you 500 bucks to run, run SEO or even 700 bucks to run some SEO, but it's more proactive and they will tell you like, here's our, here's our roadmap and our, and our plan our strategy. And then once that roadmap completes, let's quickly reevaluate, run another audit. Is there anything we should be doing now? Or should we pause on SEO until like, you know, uh, until some Google change happens or some reason uh, comes through, uh, you know, strikes us for why we need to do it. So if it's a complete pause, like let's say you went with one of those vendors for like seven hundred bucks, they do stuff for three or four months and then they pause. I would ask them, like, hey, check in with me. Let's run an audit next quarter and let's just keep running an audit next every quarter until we until we don't need to until we're like, okay, we need to get back on it. Or you move into more of like, as we've called it more of like an SEO insurance package. So hey, we were spending five or seven hundred bucks a month now we've gotten all the work done, let's pull back to like 100 or 150 bucks just so it's kind of on and I can expect you're checking in on things and then we can ramp up if some sort of update hits. Um, But in most other industries, they're really working off of an hourly rate. So in other industries, just a good going rate is gonna be like 100 bucks. So you would have like, there's gonna be like a master... SEO person at some company, some wizard, and that wizard would be charging more, like three to 500 bucks an hour to, to do any work. But then they'll have their minions, which are doing stuff for like 50, 60 bucks an hour. And in most other fields where you have this model, they end up just averaging out saying, hey, we're going to charge you 100 bucks an hour or 150 bucks an hour. And then they will just do a certain amount of hours of work each month. And that may be on site work, that may be extra blog posts or whatever. This industry, can't really handle that they it doesn't make sense because you're not just going to buy two hours of work from somebody so things typically have to get packaged up but then you need to know what you can expect from that package so if you're working with any of the vendors any of the large vendors in the space they're probably on some sort of like $200 $200 to $500 a month package. And then you should say, what are my expectations? What are you guys going to do? And then I would be having some sort of quarterly or at least like semi-annual review with them to say like, did we get all this stuff done? Is there anything else we should have been doing? And then that way you can sort of direct like, okay, it's time to pull back on things.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think you nailed it. I, I don't have a lot to add there. So um, it works a little like attorneys, you know, <laughs> you have the paralegal running or do you have, you know, the heavy hitter and Um, I think for this industry, there's not a need as much for the heavy hitter, um, because just situationally speaking. So, um, it shouldn't be an expensive, it shouldn't be a big line item, but at the same time, you shouldn't just turn a blind eye to it. Um, you know, otherwise you won't be getting a whole lot of work done.
0: Yeah. For me with setting expectations, I would stick on that and say like, what's your account management process? Like what, you know, are you just an order taker? Um, do you guys require access to the website or as an outside SEO vendor? If you're not, if you're not the website company, do you guys just do up a word doc and you're going to send it to my web provider? Cause that's probably not going to, that's probably not going to be successful. So just get an, also an understanding of, of, so again, like reporting, um, KPIs and workflow, like what's this, what would this really look like on a monthly basis? Um, and then lastly, as we like to hit every vendor, I'd be like, tell me what exciting things you have coming up on your roadmap are you guys innovating or are you just kind of like you know just sort of kayaking along and not really trying to do do any crazy stuff um so yeah la- uh, i think that's it for me at least on my vetting an seo vendor if you've got anything else
1: no i think it was good stuff uh onward and upward
0: cool catch you guys next time